Hey, what's up? My name's Grant Kenoki. I'm a singer, songwriter, producer, and artist, and you're listening to Power 98.5. We don't play the social game. We are social. Power 98.5. You're listening to Power 98.5, powered by United Angels Dream, your number one resource for public relations, entertainment, and multimedia. Contact them today at unitedangelsdream.com. Hi, this is Dan Aykroyd. He's progressive. He's beautiful. He's thoughtful. He's intelligent. He's powerful. He's positive. He is Stephen Cuoco on Power 98.5 Satellite Radio. Empowering listeners from the U.S. to the U.K. Live on air with Stephen Cuoco. Have you ever wondered in moments of pressure and that feeling of, wow, did someone turn on the green light and say, send everything my way? Well, it's been like that for the last two days. It's been going very well. I've been very, very happy to find out who I am in a moment. You're live on air with Stephen Cuoco on Power 98.5. And with that being said, I have someone that has been a very, very good uh, mirror reflection who's held up a mirror to let me check in with myself in these times, during these times, to find out how strong and, and resilient I can be. With that being said, that person is actor and producer Mike Manning. Mike Manning is an Emmy-winning actor and producer hitting the ground running when he first appeared on the scene in 2010. Manning has forged an inevitable career with a wide variety of characters on screen and stage. As an actor, Manning is known for his role in Disney's popular snowboarding movie Cloud Nine and MTV's Teen Wolf. Manning's other TV credits include Hawaii Five-0 on CBS, Major Crimes on TNT, a recurring role on multiple Emmy-winning series, The Bay, on Amazon Prime and Popstar, TV, Crash and Bernstein on Disney XD, Hallmark's Operation Cupcake, and the series regular role of Charlie on NBC's Days of Our Lives. Now, we're going to be brought up to speed as to where everything is at, what's happening in Mike's life when it comes to production, producing, acting projects now, leading into 2022, possibly whatever roles that he's not currently doing anymore or starring because he's got... Um, other things that are happening in his life. So with that being said, Emmy winning actor, Mr. Mike Manning, welcome to Live On Air with Stephen Cuoco on Power 98.5. Thank you, Stephen. Thanks for having me. And thanks for uh, the introduction. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start taking you everywhere. <laughs> I am very happy. <laughs> you, you grew up between Colorado and Florida. Would you like to take us back a little bit of before the, the Emmy, before the accolades and your successes? What was the beginning like for you before acting? Um, yeah, I, I've always been, I've been lucky. Uh, I was born in Florida uh, and I, I spent a lot of time with my parents, with my younger cousins, with my grandparents. 
And my grandparents, um, especially they, they would, I would go over to their house and my brother and I, and my, you know, uh, this was before my sister was born, but we had like cousins and neighborhood kids. We would all watch movies and act out the movies. We would, um, we were encouraged, uh, to sort of use our imaginations. And I, I, I kind of make the joke, like, I think every young person goes through that stage where they imagine themselves as a princess or a superhero or a cowboy or a cowgirl or whatever that is. And I feel like I just personally never grew out of that. Uh, I tried to, I moved to Colorado when I was, when I was younger, when I was eight. Um, and in Colorado, I, I didn't know my, my father was in business. Um, and my mom used to work at an animal hospital and in my universe, I just, I didn't know any actors. I didn't know it. It just wasn't a reality to me that you could even make a living being a professional actor, but I knew that I, I loved it. So in high school, I would run from wrestling practice to, to play practice and theater, uh, or I would go from theater. And then later that night I would go to hockey practice. And so I, you know, I was sort of like doing what my friends were doing and, and playing sports and, and I, and I genuinely did enjoy all that, but I always knew that I sort of had the itch to be an entertainer. I just didn't know how that was going to manifest itself. What are you most proud of when it comes to you about what you had the opportunity or still have in its opportunity to know about yourself as, uh, as a man, as, as someone who's, um, growing in this world and within yourself? Wow. That's a, <laughs> that's a good, that's a good question. Uh, I think, honestly, I think that, uh, I think we're all constantly learning and changing and growing and, and that's part of the, the journey. I think so many people are, are focused on the destination and achieving that thing and achieving, you know, this benchmark or that benchmark, but it's like, we, we got to stop and look around once in a while and just realize that the, the, the beauty of life and, and what keeps us engaged and connected to those around us is the journey and, and what it takes to get there. Um, I think Matthew McConaughey, I was listening to his audiobook recently, and he says that he prefers to never achieve and be the person that he wants to be. He always wants to be working because that's what keeps him hungry. That's what keeps him, uh, you know, doing what he loves and, and working hard and, and taking it seriously because if he ever – you know, he, he's, he also said in his Oscar speech, I think the hero, his hero is the person that he wants to be in 10 years. And every single day that person moves further and further away. He never wants to meet that person. He always wants to keep changing and growing and, and admitting that he has further to grow. And, and that sort of, uh, I, I really, that really resonated with me because, um, you know, I have been very specific in moving to Los Angeles and being involved with different projects as an actor. And then a couple of years in Los, after being in Los Angeles, I formed a production company. I started producing uh, social cause documentaries about issues that were important to me. And, and now years later, I, I balance my time between acting and producing. I, I act in projects that with characters that I connect to and stories that I enjoy being a part of. And then on the production side, uh, I'm, I'm very passionate about creating stories uh, that matter to me and, and films that I feel like when I am gone and off this planet, those films are going to live on way past me and hopefully keep impacting people and opening people's 
you know, hearts and minds to different stories, different ideas. Um, I'll give you an example. This, this, the last, one of the last films I produced was uh, a horror thriller called Slapface. It's going to be released uh, in January. And I'm, I'm really proud of this one because, you know, it was one that I, I sort of captained the ship. I, I found the script through a friend. I worked with the writer, director, Jeremiah Kipp. We, we changed the script to be something that we both were really excited about. Um, we raised all the money. We casted all the, you know, we casted all the parts. We found the locations. We found the crew. And it was very much, uh, you know, a, a story that we were very passionate about. And now we, it's done the festival circuit. It's won a bunch of festivals. It's winning a bunch of awards. And the film itself has all of the commercial appeal of a horror thriller. But then on the flip side, it talks about bullying, it talks about trauma, it talks about toxic masculinity, it talks about a lot of issues that I think are important uh, and, and issues that it doesn't beat you over the head. It's not a PSA um, and, and, you, and audiences won't feel like, you know, they're being tricked when they're going in to have a good time and watch a movie. But, but oh, you know, the reviews are telling us. Uh, that when people leave the theater, that movie stays with them, and it really makes them think about bullying and about uh, aggression and about you know some of these other things that other films might not try to incorporate into their story. Hmm. What do you feel or think? What do you feel and think about when it comes to understanding how well you've evolved? from where you began to where you are today. What can you share I with think, someone? Yeah, I, I think I just, I have more confidence. Um, I, I also, I teach acting classes once in a while. Um, it's just something that I, I love to do. And I always tell the, the students, most of them are younger kids. And I always tell them, I said, you know, embrace what makes you quote unquote weird now, because that is what makes you unique and powerful uh, when you're older, especially in the entertainment industry. I think that so many kids, and I, I'm guilty of this as well. When I was younger, I would do anything I could to fit in and to not get bullied and to uh, you know, not stand out among my friends. And now when, that I'm older, I realize that the things that made me you know, different and weird are the things that make me special and unique and powerful today and what I can offer stories and the, and the entertainment industry in general. And that's what I always tell my kids. I say, kids, like, don't shy away from who you are. Learn about yourself. Learn about who you are. Embrace who you are. Love who you are. And, and that will take you far and build on that confidence. And I think that I have, um, and it's easier said than done, but I think that um, in the last decade that I've been in Los Angeles doing what I'm doing, I feel like I have also um, gained some of that confidence and am now able to uh, push for the stories I want to tell and, you know, work with the people I want to work with. And then if somebody doesn't, if their values don't fall in line with my values, you know, it's fine. Have a nice day, but I don't need to work with you. Between Days of Our Lives, The Bay, and The mm -hmm. Bay, to be more specific, uh, where you've received your Emmy on, what is the difference of what you've learned from your role on Days of Our Lives to a recent article published by Marcos Papadatos, a good friend of ours, um, 
Marcos wrote, the Bay actors earn Emmy recognition for same-sex marriage storyline filmed during a pandemic. And this is with your co-star, Eric Nelson. What's the difference between the two worlds? Because these are very different two worlds and roles that you had from when you were on Days of Our Lives to the Bay. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, well, I, I love, I'm grateful for the Bay. Um, and I love my whole, you know, the Bay family, the creators, the writers, um, you know, Gregory and Christos and Wendy. And um, they're just, I, I think the Bay, they welcomed me in season five as a guest star. And then in season six as a recurring and now season seven, um, which we just finished filming is, is going to, I'm going to be a series regular. Um, so that's, that's pretty exciting. Uh, we shot half of it in Puerto Rico, half of it in Los Angeles. And in my opinion, it's the most exciting season yet. Um, with the Bay, you know, because it's a tight knit family and the show is managed by a handful of people, they really, work with you as a person to develop the character and to uh, ask you what you want to bring to the character and, and what you think about the storyline and, and everything else. And, and that really doesn't happen with network TV. Uh, you just are sort of thrown into the soup and you do your best to, to do the story justice with, uh, with the Bay, you know, I, I feel like my, my voice has been listened to in terms of, storyline and in terms of relating the character to myself and i'm really really proud um and i said this in my my emmy speech i'm really proud that um i mean <laughs> of course the, the emmy was amazing and and i'm so so grateful and you know it, it, it's something that um you know i i, I never i want to say that i thought it would happen because uh i, I worked really hard but i it, it doesn't you never fully realize how far you've come until something like that happens to you and standing on that stage, accepting that golden statue uh, was something that was very, very special to me. And, and, and I said this in my speech, I said, also having ex won an award uh, for acting in a storyline that includes, you know, same sex marriage and uh, you know, and, and loving, uh, you know, loving someone else that even, uh, a decade ago, um, a little over a decade ago, you know, society said wasn't okay. And, and, uh, even in California, uh, gay marriage was overturned. And so, uh, I, I think that if one kid, you know, is sitting at home questioning who they are and watching the Bay and watching that storyline, and if that storyline makes that one kid feel like they are okay and they are deserving of that exact same love, then then that whole storyline was worth it to me, uh, with or without an Emmy. Mm. It was well deserved, and I believe more are to come. And until then, uh, your rewards and awards are going to be through your own personal perseverance, your growth, what you are sharing and teaching just like from your, uh, your role on the Bay. And Thank that you. was, you're very welcome. That's where, uh, let's see here. Uh, you played Caleb McKinnon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I played Caleb, Caleb McKinnon. Uh, Eric Nelson was my scene partner who has also won, a, won an Emmy. Uh, he and his, his wife um, moved to Texas 
uh, you know, within the last couple of years and he's killing it. He's doing uh, a bunch of shows down there and I'm, I'm really, really happy for him. I consider myself really lucky that, uh, that he was my scene partner because he, um, he brought the best out of me. Mm-hmm. Same thing with, with Tamara Braun on, on days of our lives, I, you know, days came, uh, I was cast in days. It's actually kind of funny. So in March, uh, I think it was March, uh, March 10th of 2020 was when I signed my contract for days. And then March 13th of 2020 was when the world shut down because of COVID-19. And so I spent the entire pandemic not knowing if I had a job, not knowing if days was going to change their minds, not knowing if they were going to change the storyline, not knowing anything. And so I couldn't tell my friends. I couldn't tell my family. I couldn't tell anybody. Um, and then finally, when I got the call, uh, however many months later that was in August, and they said, okay, Mike, we're, we're going to start the bit. Uh, I'm sorry. We're going to start shooting days of our lives again. Uh, we're our first day back is September 1st. Oh, and by the way, you work. So get ready. And, and they threw me right into it. And it was, uh, I consider myself lucky because, you know, I, a lot of productions at that point were still frozen and, and I get, I got to jump back into a show. Um, also, you know, they were very, uh, patient and very, everybody was sort of figuring out how to navigate COVID-19 at that same time. So it really, I felt like everybody was really grateful just to be back and to be working and to be together. And I feel like I was welcomed into, into that as uh, the new guy. Sometimes when you join a show, um, especially if you're doing like just a couple episodes on a show or something uh, that's been around for a long time, you, you feel like you're the new guy in school like everybody else has been going to school together and you're joining the class for the first time and everybody's friends and you don't know anybody and it could be a little bit intimidating and i feel like because of covid uh all all of the day's actors were um, and they're all wonderful people they're all lovely they were even more excited and grateful and uh welcoming to me and then a lot of my scenes on on that show on on days i play charlie dale um, who, <laughs> who recently, as of this week, uh, has come back as a zombie for Halloween, which is hilarious in and of itself. I never thought I'd be playing uh, a zombie on a soap opera, but um, but <laughs> my a lot of my scenes were with Tamara Braun, who is an, an amazing actress, and she played my mom. And a lot of my emotional scenes, where I'm crying and screaming, and she's crying and screaming, and uh, you know, we're just we're. It, it, we're really digging deep in terms of, of our emotional connection with each other. Um, it was, it was, it was so great. It was so great to work with her. I, I remember my first day on set. Um, Charlie's storyline was that he fell in love with Claire um, Brady. So she's a you know part of the Brady family. And then he's a, he's a new intern at Titan industries, which is one of the big companies in Salem. And, um, and, and, you know, he's goofy and he has glasses and, He's sort of unassuming. And then a couple weeks in, you find out that he's sort of a double agent and he's spying on everybody for his mom. And she's from this like mob family. And, you know, it's never things are never what they seem in a soap. Um, But I remember my first day with Tamara. I had 40 pages. We were doing two episodes that day. I had 40 pages and I was nervous as hell because I was like, how is my brain going to hold all of these words uh, it's basically, it's, it's her and I talking back and forth to each other, 
with in really emotional scenes. I'm basically questioning why she never loved me as a child. And, um, and I remember I was like, Oh, I just don't want to mess it up in front of uh, an actress that's been doing this for so, for so long and is so successful as Tamara. Uh, Cause I watched some of her stuff before we acted together just to get to know her. And I'm I'm standing on set and she can see me like really focusing on, on the lines and just trying to, to get into character. And she comes over and she says, Hey, all you have to do is breathe. And she gave me a hug. And in that moment, I felt like a son receiving a hug from a mother. She was so sweet. She was so uh, giving and kind and calm that it helped me calm down and settle right into the scene. And we got it in one take. Like we, we got it. Uh, that first scene was really emotional and really, um, you know, it was, it was um, basically, like I said, confronting her and asking her why she never loved me. And, uh, and it was, it was such a magical moment. And from then on, I, I loved, I looked forward to every scene that I did with Tamara. I appreciate that because there, I could see in my head, you and that scene and that moment. And the vulnerability that goes with that and the trust of what you've allowed for yourself, that's, that's not always simple or easy for everyone. And you found it. And I believe you found it because with having the opportunity to, especially yesterday, had spoken with you several times and going through the process of how my day was moving, you were able to do that for me. So there is, uh, there's an understanding inside of you emotionally and mentally to see situations and things and people without judgment and to view it and to be open to it in a very, very considerable way with much consideration. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. I, I think at the end of the day, we're all just people doing the best we can. And, and that's how I choose to see other people. Uh, even, even people that I disagree with or people that I don't. And of course I'm, I'm only human. Sometimes I let my emotions get the best of me and, and I, you know, I argue with people, but for the most part, I really try to <clears throat> put myself in the shoes of others. If it's a friend or if it's a stranger or if it's whatever, and I really, I, in my heart, do not think that people are either good or, or evil. You know, I just, I don't think that, that people are, are one, like they're born one or the other. I think that everybody is just a human being doing the best they can with what they have. And if you can put yourself in their position, then you can understand them. Then you can find common ground. I think today, especially in politics and, you know, we don't have to get into politics because then I will never stop talking about it. But uh, I just think that, you know, nowadays people want to be right. They don't want to find common ground. They don't want to see eye to eye. They don't want to work together to to build the best society that they, we want to build. I think a lot of politicians and a lot of people in the media, they just want that talking point. They want that soundbite. They want to be right. They want to be seen as having more power and, and everything else. And I think it's really damaging. Um, I, there have been people that I have disagreed with and then I sit down and have coffee with them and talk and, and we find that we have much more in common than, than we have uh, different 
And, and that I think is what builds friendships and communities and, you know, prevents some of the stuff we're seeing in the news and the media today. In 2015, a New York post referred to you as in quote, an up and coming producer to remember what's life been like since 2015, because you began a, uh, or co-founded a company called, if I'm saying this correctly, Mike Shiver man productions, what's happening with that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chibber man's production. Man. So it was, it's with my producing partner, Vinny Chibber, um, who's a very talented actor. He's, he's does a bunch of TV. Um, and then, and then myself, Mike Manning. So it's Chibber man. Um, and we, we came together for that reason. We're both actors, uh, but we're both producers that want to tell stories that matter um, and stories that we feel impact, um, you know, society. One of the the projects that I'm most proud of that we produced together was a documentary on youth homelessness. It sort of examined why there are so many homeless youth in America, in, you know, the, the wealthiest country in the world, uh, why we have so many young people living on our streets. And it has, in the film, we have Ro- Rosario Dawson, Jewel, Tiffany Haddish, John Bon Jovi, uh, Sanaa Lathan, um, and others. And I think that the reason we we got that, we got them in the film is because we approached them not as two guys that were like, hey, we want, we want you to help us, like help us out. Like, hey, we're trying to, you know, help get us a job as actors, blah, blah, blah. It was like, hey, we're trying to tell a story about homeless kids. Do you want to be a part of it? And then they said yes. And And I feel like that is the mantra that we sort of use when we're telling these stories or when we're talking to investors uh, that potentially might want to invest in one of our films. You know, we, we try to balance it. On one side, we want stories that are going to be commercial and do well on the business side. On the other side, we want stories that are going to touch people and impact people and, and change people's hearts and minds. Um, you know, Bambi, Bam, for example, Bambi is a cartoon about a deer. When Bambi came out, hunting went down that year, something like 25%. Um, it, it, and, and that's a cartoon deer, uh, regardless, you know, of, of, of what people might think like film and television, they, they do impact us. They change hearts and minds They're especially today in, in our society where everybody is distracted on their phones or by so many things in their everyday lives. It's not very often that, you know, you have somebody's undivided attention in a dark, in a dark room, like you do in a movie theater. Or that somebody invites you into their home to watch you on a television with their family. Uh, you know, film and television really opens people's hearts and minds to different ideas, different stories, different ways of thinking and being. And Vinny and I, when we formed our company, we noticed that and we said, okay, man, like what stories do we want to tell? And we've been very careful in picking our stories that, you know, that we want to put out there in the world. What I would like to do is gift you something that came to my mind, and it was from what you were just talking about. I would like to, or at least hope that you would be the one that I know that can do this, is to have you, and if you choose not to, someone to look into the comparisons and why I feel that you're the perfect fit is because it's who you are. You would be perfect to do this, to be very objective and unbiased of in today's current climate, 
uh, since you have, you're very involved in, you know, in, in nonprofit organization and, you know, producing, and you're very passionate for helping other people and very, very, um, empathic and, um, with much empathy is a film or a short docu-series to look at the here and now of the world in comparison to how has our life or more specifically, let me change this because uh, change that. How has it been for those in the world, the United States and abroad, when we think about vaccinations and testing and how and where does that financially impact, knowing here in the States that for the most part, testing and vaccinations are free, to why is there still a problem when it comes to water and food for people? So when you look at it as a whole, and this isn't being political, this is just taking the facts of what we know. And I would love truly, whether it's a mini docu-series on Netflix, a full-on maybe two-part film, I would love to watch a film or a mini docu-series by you, Mr. Mike Manning, of looking at the situation objectively of, you can call it human kindness. Human kindness. I would say if this was my project, that's what I would call the mini docu-series or film. Uh, The deconstruction structured of human kindness. And I'm just winging this for the title Mm -hmm. of it. And compare of... Why is it easy to test and vaccinate the world for free, but we cannot supply clean water to everyone here in the United States and abroad and to resolve food hunger, knowing, especially here in the States, the ginormous amount of frivolous waste that we have the oversized amount of portions we have here in the States that are Mm -hmm. thrown out and discarded every single day from restaurants to grocery stores. Now, Mm -hmm. the reason why I say this is because wasn't it, it was in the news. um, It was on TikTok to where somebody posted uh, about, I believe it was Burberry. Don't hold me to it, but I believe it was Burberry that this company shreds their purses and then throws it out and thinking, okay, where, where's this waste? We have a big problem with lack. We have many resources, but refuse to offer those resources such as water and food to those that need it the most or in general. So once again, the deconstruction structured of human kindness I would really, really encourage you to consider this and encourage you of maybe looking at educating the world in a way to just stop and reflect of where are the priorities, where could the priorities in the energy show in itself its most prominent direction of establishing effort and resolve. You can do that. Yeah. I think, well, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think, number one, I think that's, that's a great idea. Uh, I think that you hit the nail on the head in terms of Burberry shredding their purses. I think that it has to happen at the corporate level. Right now, people are finally waking up to the, the harms of single-use plastics 
and using fossil fuel and and plastic um, for you know for one one drink of water, a water bottle, and then they throw it away, or you know you know having even fruits and vegetables and things you go to the store and it's all wrapped in plastic. I think that people are realizing that that is not okay. Uh, it's ending up in our in in our water. It's ending up in in microplastics now are ending up. Um, they did a study that babies now unborn babies in their mother's bellies now have microplastics inside of them. And it's it's a it's a problem that people are just now waking up to. And you had a, a handful of companies last week come out and say that they were pledging to go plastic free and not use single use plastics in the next uh, five or 10 years. So I think that it comes at the corporate level. I think that there's a lot of waste. I think that people want to pass responsibility. Um, and that's and, and I'm talking about plastic and pollution and waste. I'm not even talking about um, carbon footprints and, and the, the climate crisis, uh, which is a whole nother issue. Um, but I think that, you know, and I, th I think that there are there are people on both sides, obviously, that talk about climate change and, and try to use different research. But I think that there is no denying that uh, we are having a harmful impact on our ozone and our society um, that is causing uh changes in our weather and changes for you know especially in poorer communities that can adapt and th the fact that our toxic waste is destroying our oceans and our ecosystems and affecting us and mercury levels and all these things that are that are poisoning us in small ways in our food uh, and in our water supply i think people are finally waking up to that and asking politicians to act and asking companies to act corporations uh, I think yesterday Jeff Bezos said that he would pledge $2 billion to help the rainforests. And then Elon Musk said he would pledge $6 billion if the UN, uh, I think it was the UN, if they give him a plan to end uh, world hunger and how they're going to use that money. Collectively, that's $8 billion. You can do a lot with $8 billion. And so I think it's just people uh, calling out politicians, calling out companies to act responsibly and some of those companies are rising to the occasion. I'm very, <laughs> I'm very, very happy to experience the passion you have because you were on what you just shared. You were on and ready. And uh, thank you for the information. Thank you for the details and even bringing me up to speed because I, I take a pause from time to time, Mike, in, uh, you know, uh, paying, not paying attention, but um, involving myself in watching the news. I monitor how much I input into into what I take in. So with that, I appreciate the share of of what's happening currently when in those areas. No, of course, anytime. I do that too. Sometimes I just there's so much negativity out there that sometimes you just have to take a step back and, and take a break. Um, but when something positive happens, like like Elon Musk pledging that and, and, you know, people pledging to hold him accountable. That's the stuff I try to keep an eye on because, you know, that's the stuff that could really help, uh, help shift the tide in terms of, you know, some of the issues we're talking about. Before we close out, I really want to thank you, Mike Manning. We're going to, I'm going to have you give a couple drops and shout outs and stuff, but uh, for those that have tuned in, We've got Mike Manning, an Emmy-winning actor and producer. He's doing a lot of great things. This episode will air tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. 
Eastern time. And I'm going to also include it on a 6 p.m. evening segment uh, for those that may not be able to tune in at the 8 a.m. Uh, time slot on Power 98.5 Satellite Radio. So you always have the opportunity to listen on the iOS and Android app, Alexa. And we are also on StreamMitter.com, Streama, Live Radio FM, and uh, Radio.com, now known as Odyssey, and uh, several more. So with 200 countries and counting of where the Power 98.5 satellite radio reach is at right now. Uh, Mike, who would you like to give a shout out to? Uh, I, I honestly would just like to thank throughout, the, throughout my career, there have been uh, people that have, have followed me ever since my, my real world days, uh, you know, 11 years ago. And, and I just wanted to shout out, give a shout out to them. Um, you know, the fans that have, have reached out and supported me and said that they've been following my career. Um, there, there are, there are, you know, quite a few that, that, um, every time there's something that I, I post about or I care about or a film that I do or something, um, they're, they're right on they're right there to, to watch and to comment and to post and support and stuff. And, and, um, sometimes it, it you know, I, I don't have enough time to acknowledge that all the time but um if any of them are listening i just want to say thank you and and i do see that stuff and notice that stuff and and it's really really important to me so um i want to give them a shout out are there any upcoming projects or anything that you would like to do an exclusive drop here on power 98.5 yeah yeah uh so slap face is going to be out um early next year uh and then there's another and it's been doing the film festival circuit uh they're releasing it um and then what else can i talk about i have a few a handful of i just did a, a civil rights movie called son of the south with um directed by barry alexander brown um executive produced by oscar winner spike lee that was really cool that is available um to watch right now it's it's about the history sort of the civil rights movement um through the eyes of of some college students and the freedom riders in the deep south uh so that's i'm really proud of that one and then uh Everything else I can't talk about. So, <laughs> so <laughs> all on, yeah. all under an NDA non-disclosure agreement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, basically. But there's there is some exciting stuff, and I hope I hope to keep creating stuff that people uh, want to watch and and be a part of. So, to find out more about Mike, you can go to mikemanning.info. M I K E M A N N I N G. Info. You can read him. Uh, read more about him on the about page. Very detailed. You can go to his IMDb. Uh, where's the best place? Is it TikTok? Is it Instagram? Where would you like everyone to go and really dive more into who you are, into your world for potential booking, media, endorsements? What's your favorite platform? Uh, I love Instagram. I post on there uh, most of the time with new projects and, and in my, you know, in my stories and stuff. Um, I think on that website that you just read, uh, mikemanning.info, it has in, uh, info on email, uh, my agent, my manager, email address and stuff for bookings or if people want to work together on the production side. Um, yeah. And that, and that should be, that should take you to wherever you wanted to go. I appreciate you very much, Mike. Hold the line. We're going to close out. Thank you to everyone for tuning in live on air with Stephen Cuoco on Power 98.5. We have Mr. Mike Manning, actor and producer, Emmy award-winning actor, uh, special. And as a guest today, 
You can listen to more about Mike Manning and this interview tomorrow at 8 a.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, we will also be sharing this and uploading it um, onto Spotify, um, Apple Music. So there is no reason why you won't be able to tune in. Uh, you can go to mikemanning.info, M-I-K-E-M-A-N-N-I-N-G.info. Contact his manager, his agent. Um, connect with Mike on his Instagram. And is there anything else that you would like to share, Mike, before we go? Anything that we did not cover or discuss? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, everybody listening, just have a, have a great day and, uh, and stay weird. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and that's a good thing. So like Mike said, stay weird, stay positive, stay who true to who you are. And remember, every person that is brought into your life is brought there for a reason. Mike came into my life at its most perfect time. And I am absolutely grateful that he got to see many different sides of me. No, not 50 shades of gray side. But he got to see some really good aspects and components that make me who I am. So enjoy the day. Have fun. Remember, you are beautiful inside and out. And make it the best year end. You deserve it. Connect.